I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to this Friday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Interesting little bit of Live Mike history playing out today. Uh, what, what today marks is, as you know, I started hosting this program early December, and about halfway through, the coronavirus took hold. And we at KSL News Radio decided to undertake some very strict guidelines to limit the spread of the coronavirus and exercise to the fullest of our technological abilities uh, some social distancing. And so, since the outbreak of the coronavirus, since the pandemic really took hold, I've been broadcasting from home. And today marks. Today, in my return to KSL, I have now, as of today, broadcasted more episodes of this program, Live Mike, from the guest bedroom than I have from Broadcast House at KSL News Radio. Uh, it means very little, I'm sure, to you, but uh, as I have been keeping track on the calendar uh, to see this threshold be crossed, uh, it's quite a deal. Hopefully soon uh, we'll be able to uh, get back together, you and I in the studio, I and my other colleagues and all that, and we'll be back to normal. Uh, but interesting times still as you and I continue to battle the coronavirus. Today on the program, we're going to cover a number of issues. Of course, early this morning... We got new unemployment numbers from uh, the state of Utah, from the Department of Workforce Services. Uh, in the next segment, we'll be speaking with Utah's chief economist, Mark Nold. He's been on this program a number of times, always well able to explain these numbers to us in ways that we can understand and, and know, too, what we may have to look forward to as we continue this battle with the coronavirus and our recovery of it. And then we, uh, of course, are going to today be looking at Juneteenth. You have heard uh, throughout the program, uh, or throughout the day today, rather, references made to, to Juneteenth. And we have all together uh, learned the history. We have learned that it was the announcement in Texas of the Emancipation Proclamation on the steps of that home where uh, Texas slaves first learned that they were, uh, that they were free. And since then... Since then, it has been celebrated uh, as Juneteenth. And here in, in Utah, Utah has, has a pretty good history of celebrating Juneteenth. Now, now what do I mean? I, I, know, I know that it is only relatively recently that Juneteenth has become uh, a day, an official day of commemoration in state statute. I know, too, that uh, it is only relatively recently that, that we have... Uh, come to, to truly understand what Juneteenth means. But I spent the morning combing through a number of archived newspapers going way back in time, decades even, decades. And what I have found is that here in the state of Utah, we've been celebrating Juneteenth for a long time, in particular in Ogden. Ogden has hosted parades. There have been celebrations. There have been gatherings, uh, different uh, cultural celebrations and food and such like that, educational efforts. And I, I bring all that up, and I look back at history uh, because I encountered something last night on Twitter that uh, it frustrated me. And it was this. I, I was frustrated because there were so many... Uh, on Twitter, who were saying, 
Where, wh- why are we only learning about this now? Why wasn't this taught to me in high school? Why wasn't this part of the curriculum when I was coming up in my history classes? Well, if you'd opened your eyes and looked around, you'd have seen that it's been celebrated for some time. And instead, maybe, uh, of blaming those around you, maybe it takes some responsibility of learning a little bit of history yourself. I, uh, I know that, that this is uh, an interesting time. I know that uh, across the country there continue to be uh, numerous uh, protests. I know that there is much change being called for. And I know, too, that much of what is happening right now is not taking place in vain. Another thing that happened here in Utah in conjunction with uh, you know, these times, is the special session of the Utah legislature, which is taking place right now, two days, Thursday and today, Friday. Yesterday, there was passed a piece of legislation which would put a ban on the police use of neon neck restraints. Yeah, it was debated for some time. Later in the program, we're going to walk through that debate, and we're going to uh, understand exactly the arguments made by, uh, by those in Utah's legislature as to why it is a good idea, an idea shared by almost every single member of the Utah legislature, every Utah senator, and all but five members of Utah's House of Representatives yesterday voted to outlaw uh, this type of restraint. And the sponsor of that piece of legislation also happens to be the sponsor of the bill which was introduced into the House in 2016 creating a Juneteenth Freedom Day here in the state of Utah to be commemorated on the third Saturday in June. That's tomorrow. So in addition to the celebrations of today, here in the state of Utah, we will be commemorating uh, Juneteenth because of legislation passed in 2016. Later on in the program, we'll speak to the Senate sponsor of that bill. Alvin Jackson will be my guest here on Live Mike. In a moment, we're going to take a break. But first, I want to share with you uh, just a little bit more of uh, the history of Juneteenth. I have uh, this is there's a service in Congress that members of Congress and staffers uh, can lean on. And what it does is it scours legislation and it puts together a a summary of the history of legislation. This one here before me looks at how various states across our nation have introduced various ways to commemorate or observe Juneteenth. And the reason I bring this up is so that you don't think today is the first time we have ever paid attention to this. It is very important that we pay attention to it every, every, every day, or every year rather, But please know that it is not some new occurrence that is happening because uh, of, you know, opportunity and because of circumstance. Uh, These these states across the country have been commemorating this day for a a long, long time. Texas uh, kicked things off in 1980 when the Texas governor then signed it into law, a paid state holiday. And other states across the country have followed suit. Uh, It does break my heart a little bit to learn that it took Utah so long, uh, all the way until 2016, for that passage. Uh, But we got there. We got there and we commemorate that day on the third Saturday of June. I want to, before I go to break, read to you uh, exactly the words that kicked off uh, this day. It was June 19th, as we have learned together, 1865, which marks the date that 
Major General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas, and announced the end of both the Civil War and slavery. That announcement was called General Order Number 3. I'm going to read that to you, then we'll take a break. It read, The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with the proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. It was those words as read from the balcony of a home in Texas, Galveston, Texas, that it was made known to those remaining slaves that they were free. And that is today what we celebrate on Juneteenth. Celebrations are taking place right now here in this city, here in this state, and across the country. And they will take place every year. As has been declared uh, by the state governments of so many states, and the highest of likelihoods is that there will be some swift action to uh, install Juneteenth as a federal holiday. That's just my prediction. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, my guest will be Mark Nold, chief economist with the Utah Department of Workforce Services. There are unemployment numbers available now here in the state of Utah. How did we do this month compared to last month and then compared to the month before that and last year? He's going to sort it all out, tell us exactly where we stand today in our economic battle against the coronavirus ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Today is pretty much the Sandra Hollins show. Representative Sandra Hollins, you heard in the last segment, she responsible for the piece of legislation which passed almost unanimously, almost unanimously through both chambers of the Utah legislature banning the practice of this knee on neck restraint banning it from uh, implementation by police, also banning it from being taught uh, to police when they're receiving instruction. Uh, very important, uh, very, very good, and supported by law enforcement. You heard also from Representative Lee Perry, who spent 31 years in law enforcement himself, uh, maintains great contact with the law enforcement community here in Utah today, and his prediction is that they're going to have no problem adhering to uh, what will likely become new law here in the state of Utah. Now, I said almost unanimously. 
Almost. There were five legislators, five in the House, who voted uh, against this piece of legislation. But if you turn back the clock a few years, Sandra Hollins did introduce a piece of legislation which would and did create here in the state of Utah Juneteenth Freedom Day to be celebrated on the third Saturday in June each year. Uh, That ultimately did sail through both the House and the Senate, receiving unanimous support from all involved, ultimately the signature by the governor, and we today celebrate that great day. On the Senate side, that piece of legislation was handled by Alvin Jackson, former Utah senator who joins me on the line now. Mr. Jackson, sir, how are you? I'm doing well, Lee. Thanks for having me on. Take us back to 2016. What were the conversations like? Why was this an issue then? You know, it, it's kind of funny to me how it how it came about because Senator, I mean, Representative Hollins actually went to Karen Maine to introduce the Senate, went to Karen to be the Senate sponsor on this bill, Senator Maine, and she came to me and she said, Al, you need to do this for obvious reasons. And I said, absolutely. And Sandra Hollins wasn't so sure because I have an R by my name, so she mm-hmm. wasn't sure if something like this would appeal to me or, or that I would be vociferous in my support for it and really push it through. And so I actually left the Senate floor and walked over to the House and sat down with her, and we had a great conversation, and I assured her that this would mean just as much to, to me as it did to her because I'm a student of black history, and this is a, a big deal. And so that's how it, how it came to be, and I was happy to, to be the Senate sponsor on it. Outstanding. Uh, I have some audio from that day. Representative Sandra Hollins introduced that bill. Uh, Here she is explaining the history of Juneteenth. This bill would designate the third Saturday in June as Juneteenth Observance Day. Juneteenth Observance Day was first celebrated 150 years ago and is one of the oldest observance days in the United States and is now recognized as a state holiday, I'm sorry, as a state day of observance in 42 states. On September the 22nd, 1862, President Lincoln issued the celebrated Emancipation Proclamation, warning the rebellious Confederate states that he would declare their slaves forever free if those states did not return to the Union by January the 1st, 1863. Prior to the end of the Civil War, War on January the 31st, 1865, Congress passed the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution which abolished slavery throughout the U.S. and its territories. Unfortunately, the news did not reach the states further west until June 19, 1865, when General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas, on June 19, two years after President Lincoln had issued the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, we in the state of Utah have been celebrating or commemorating Juneteenth now for some four decades. Why is it so important that we continue? Why is it important we celebrate it now? Why why is it so important to celebrate this day, in particular in these times? It's it's a reminder of the history of the United States. And I think it's, and and I said this on the Senate floor, it's something that hopefully young people, the rising generation, would understand and appreciate both black, white, Hispanic, it really doesn't matter, but to basically understand that this did go on in our country and that it's worthy of celebration, just to recognize the heritage of people that don't look quite like us. And, and I think it's, it's, 
it, it's an opportunity to provide some unity and to celebrate together that that institution of slavery, which was so awful to so many people and has had such an influence on our country, that it's over and it's something that we can celebrate and recognize together uh, in people of all colors. The celebration of Juneteenth in 2020 is being mixed with efforts by, you know, those marching under the banner of Black Lives Matter, uh, making demands to defund the police and such like that, essentially uh, co-opting the celebration of this day or the commemoration of this day for uh, the, the, those causes which are being shouted and painted on signs and unfortunately spray painted on the side of buildings in some cases. Is that an appropriate marriage of this day and this movement? Well, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, you know, it, it's one thing to peacefully protest. That's fine, but the, the looting and rioting that's going along with it is unfortunate. And what it does highlight for me is the the lack of knowledge of our history and the, the black Americans that came before us, because their history is America's history. And I think it's realized, good or bad in terms of some of the statues that are being attacked and defaced and, and so forth, they, they really would have a second and third thought about what they're doing if, if they understood our history. And I hopefully this holiday will encourage people to do their own research and, and, and look up these people in history and read about the institution of slavery and Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass and all those associated with with making that institution go away and, and the Civil War and everything associated with that. It, really what's being highlighted now is, is an uninformed citizenry that's behaving inappropriately and based on a lot of it based on ignorance. Yeah, I agree with that. Let me ask you, Mr. Jackson, uh, you having had your hands on this piece of legislation here in Utah, certainly an important day to you as it is to, to everyone, or at least it should be, how are you spending your Juneteenth? Oh, you know what? Working. Working. We have a piece, a nice piece of property with my family, of course, and we get guards. And this evening we'll get on a Zoom call with our kids because they're spread out all over the country. And we will have, we will talk about some of these things and talk about this date and why it's important. So we're going to use technology today to get together as a family and just have our own little mini celebration where each, each child is responsible for being prepared to talk about somebody in black history that meant something to them. So we're, we're turning this into a day to remember, remember black history as a whole. Who's on the list? Who will be discussed tonight? Oh, uh, it'll be, um, you mean not my children, my wife, my uh, five No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. You've got, uh, you've got your kids assigned to speak about someone from, from black history, someone who had an important role. Who, who will you discuss tonight? Oh, likely. So the kids, they will surprise us in terms of who they come up with. But I'm sure there will be Frederick Douglass, Mary McLeod Bethune, uh, Booker T. Washington, individuals like that, Harriet Tubman, Dr. King, Malcolm X. They, they've got a, my kids know all these individuals. So they will speak to whoever touched them the most. And we'll share that tonight on a Zoom call. Very good. I admire that. Uh, Alvin Jackson, former Utah State Senator, responsible in part for the creation of this day of commemoration here in the state of Utah of Juneteenth, the third Saturday in June each year. Mr. Jackson, thank you for your time. Hey, appreciate it very much. Yeah, of course. Thank you.
We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk about something that I predicted just yesterday. Supreme Court handed down a decision, but it wasn't a complete decision. Essentially, they handed Donald Trump his essay and said, hey, could you correct this and resubmit? Well, he said, no problem. We'll go through the details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.